And we, we're um, in a new series, and we're talking about above and beyond. And we're um, in a month of vision builders. And tonight, um, before I get into the word, I want to talk to you about um, vision builders. We, we really do believe in um, building the church. Jesus said this great thing in John 9. He said, um, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. I was thinking about this the other day because... Um, We are in the world. And just like Jesus, we are the light of the world. When you give your life to Christ, He he actually starts to live on the inside of you. If you've never done that before, you have an opportunity to do that tonight. One of the greatest things you can do. But when Jesus starts to live on the inside of you, He becomes like a light on the inside of you. And now you become like the light of the world. And while we are in the world, we are the light of the world. This is our chance to be the light of the world. This chance won't be forever because we'll be in eternity one day. But while we're in the world, this is our chance to be the light of the world. So we're gonna build buildings. We're gonna expand God's kingdom because this is our chance. We're gonna start new connect groups. Why? Because this is our chance to be the light of the world. We're gonna pray for the sick. Why? Because this is our chance. We get to serve. We get to build God's church. We get to be a part of the greatest entity on earth. It's the church of Jesus Christ. You know, golf clubs are great, but but soccer clubs are awesome too. But the greatest thing you could ever give your life to and be a part of is the church. It might not be perfect, but hey, who is? It might not be perfect, but that's because you're here. And so am I. Church would be perfect if there was no people, but church is all about people. And therefore, it's not going to be perfect, and that is okay. But it doesn't mean it's not the best place you could build. It doesn't mean it's not the best place you could be, because it's Jesus' church. And so that's why we are vision builders, and um, we are going to be focused on tonight about reach. But I want to tell you a quick few things. You've got those slides, guys, about vision builders. Vision builders is all about transformed lives. Like Serena's story tonight. How good was that? Give it up for Serena one more time. What an incredible, incredible story. This blows my mind. But every week at the moment, we are seeing 30 people give their life to Jesus across our locations every single week. Already this year, we've seen 600 people give their life to Jesus already this year across our movement. In, in a year, on average, we see 70,000 people give their life to Jesus across the globe. We, we are reaching over 120,000 people across 600 churches all over the planet. God is moving, and it's because people like you are vision builders. So it's all about transform lives. Uh, it's got three key areas of focus. We wanna reach, next screen guys, reach all people who wanna build the church, and we want to care for the community. Um, we, we, in this last financial year, we pledged um, two point, you got that screen for me? Two point, you got that screen for me? Okay, awesome, awesome. Two million, five hundred and thirteen, one hundred and five dollars Isn't that unbelievable across our church? Come on, you can clap better than that. That's generous. Also, we can see lives transformed. And we're we're believing to see um, 100% involvement and 100% fulfillment. It's not so much about the amount. It's it's just about taking a step. And and whatever that step looks like, that's great. But but 
we would love to see that everyone, as, as we make a commitment, we fulfill it. And so that's why we want to think about it. We want to be generous, but we also want to be realistic and know what we can do to take a part of it. And I think if you're a, a young man, young woman, Pastor Phil was saying this this morning, that sometimes we can think, oh, you know, that's for all the, the older crew. You know, let them carry the weight. They, they earn more money than me. And they, they got all the, you know, full-time job. And, you know, they got, they got all this. And we'll, we'll leave it to them. And as the young generation, we'll just kind of hang around and cheer it on. But I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to buy in. One of the best things you can do at a young age is buy in and, and be a part of building. We're not going to wait. I'm not going to wait to be a certain age or stage to start giving. When I was uh, 21, I felt the Lord um, asked me to give a certain amount of money, and it was uh, quite large for my age, and uh, I did, and I stepped out, and at, um, at that age, it, it was like $10,000 across three years, so it was quite a lot of money, and I stepped out, and as I did that, I, feel the, I felt like I, I crossed a line where I went from on the outside to actually invested building. So one of the greatest things we can do as young people, especially, is not just watch, but let's get involved. Amen? And so we want to we wanna do that. We, we um, through our reach, for our reach, we donate $421,933 to reaching people through media, broadcasting, and new locations. Um, so we started Parramatta last year. Um, come on, Parramatta. And we, we are continuing to reach people through our locations. And we also have a media broadcast that reaches so many people. It's unbelievable. We are seeing like, for presence, 155,000 people tuned into the broadcast, uh, which is incredible. And we are continuing our uh, Your Best Life TV show. Has anyone seen that? It's on, it's on Hillsong Channel. It's on ACC. Uh, I want to read you a quick story from this TV show that we do. It's truly amazing. Uh, and this is, this is what we're building. We're, we're reaching beyond, above and beyond. Um, it's a, a girl called Tad. I'm going to read it for you. She says, My story begins seven years ago when I was going through a marriage breakup and had not been walking with God for about 10 years. I was feeling hopeless during this time and had contemplated suicide. My mum was faithfully praying for me and recommended I watched a TV show called Your Best Life on the Australian Christian Channel. As I watched the show, my heart softened towards God and I started to feel joy and a sense of hope I had lost. Because of this show, I decided to attend C3 Oxford Falls later that year. Pastor Phil preached that night. When he gave the altar call, my hand shot up and my heart leapt. I instantly felt connected to God. His overwhelming sense of peace and love flooded me. Following this decision, I felt called to do C3 College, where I studied for four years. The Your Best Life TV show introduced me to C3 Church and C3 College. I came with a fractured soul, and God put me back together. Isn't that amazing? And that's why we do what we do, to see transformed lives. Tad is on staff now, like Serena, just just incredible, and God is using her life in an amazing way. So we're going to continue to reach. We're going to continue to broadcast all over the world, and it's an incredible thing to be a part of. Isn't it good? 
Come on, isn't it good? It's amazing. So I want to talk about reach because um, we are called to reach above and beyond. And um, one of the things we want to bring into our world is that I, I actually have a calling to reach people around me. And sometimes this can, this can be difficult because it can feel like there's a lot of pressure. You know, it can feel like there's pressure to do things. Um, but I want to talk to you tonight about when we, when we come to the thought of reaching people, that we would not be pushed by pressure, but that we would be pulled by purpose. That's what I want to talk to you tonight, because there's a big difference between being pushed by pressure and being pulled by purpose. God is not going to push you, but He will pull you. You ever been pushed to do something? Okay, yeah, one person, yeah. You know, like, ever been peer pressured into doing something dumb? You know, you, and you go, you know, someone says, oh, go and do that, you won't. And you're like, yeah, I will, watch me. And then, you know, you do something dumb, like jump into a bush or something like that. But, but there's, there's pressure. There's pressure, and people put pressure on us to do stuff. I, I, I remember I was, I was pressured to not be a pastor. I was told, don't be a pastor. I, I was, they, they, people told me, don't be a pastor. What are you doing? That's ridiculous. And there was this pressure not to. But there was a pull on the inside of me that I knew I could not deny. And I was pulled by the purpose I felt God calling me into. And no matter what people said, no matter what pressure was around me, I learned to, I've learned in my life, I wanna follow the pull, not the push from people. Because the pull of God will always bring you into purpose. It'll always position you for what God has called you to do. And this is what we wanna do. We wanna follow the pull of God so we can fulfill the purpose He has for our life, amen? So I wanna take you to a scripture in Luke. Any Luke's in here? Okay, we'll pray for Luke. And I pray that he comes next week. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take you to Acts. I lied. Turn to the book of Acts, 8 verse 26 to 40. And I'm going to read you about, read a story about a guy called Philip. Philip's an awesome guy. Uh, he, 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 has a, he has a great um, calling in the Bible and God used him in an amazing way. Here we go. Chapter 8, 26 to 40, says this. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a, a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, um, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and he was returning, seated in his chariot and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him. Okay, so this guy's on a chariot. Philip ran to him. Yeah, anyone else like what? There's a chariot and Philip ran to him. When you've got purpose on your life and when you respond to what God's calling you to do, He'll give you supernatural ability to do things you never thought you could do. Philip was running next to a chariot. 
people that is not normal. Anyone else realize that, that come on, you're alive tonight? Like you're with me tonight? That is not normal. But God can use ordinary people to do extraordinary things when you surrender your life to Him. When you lay your life down to Him, He'll use you to do things. And here's Philip reaching one guy, one Ethiopian man in a desert. Sounds similar to a story that I know about a woman at a well. And Jesus went to a, a deserted place. He went out in the middle of the desert for one woman, for this lady. And here's Philip following in the footsteps of Jesus because he feels the call and he responds. We read in John that it says Jesus had to go through Samaria, but he didn't. He actually didn't. Geographically, he did not have to, but something was pulling him. Something was telling him, I gotta go through this place. I don't even think Jesus know exactly what for because he, he was God, but he was also man. And so he, he just followed the pull. And sometimes God will call you into things that you can't fully see. But if you follow the pull and not the pressure, you'll find that God will reveal what he's doing. It is good. You could respond better than that because that is good. <laughs> so Philip's running next to the chariot and the guy's in there seated on the chariot and the horses are galloping and, and Philip's in there and he's like, hey bro, hey bro, can you slow down? I gotta tell you something. And then the, the Ethiopian says, get in the chariot. He jumps up, he gets in the chariot and Philip's like, hey bro, what are you reading? And the Ethiopian guy's like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm reading Isaiah, but I, I don't really get it. Turns out he's reading this passage of scripture that's prophesying about Jesus. He's reading a piece of the Bible that talks about who Jesus is and who he is going to be. And right there, Philip, because of the pull, turns up at the right time, the right place, jumps in the chariot and starts to tell this guy, help this guy understand what the Bible is saying. Right there and then, this, this Ethiopian man gets a revelation of Jesus Christ. And then he says, let's stop. Let, let's get baptized. Philip's like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Let's just go. I don't even know if Philip was ready for it. But this guy's like, I'm all in. Reminds me of a story. I, I play soccer. Anyone like soccer? Liverpool won this morning. If you're a Liverpool supporter, good on you. I'm an Arsenal supporter, and so I am very depressed at the moment about losing 4-1 to Chelsea. Anyway, so, I like soccer, and um, my soccer coach uh, in my team, he's like this English guy, and I'm in a new team now. Um, they kicked me out, but, I'm but I, was in, I was in this old, old team, and my coach, he's an, he's an awesome guy. He's British, and he was, he was a brute. You know, he was like just, he was hardcore. And his name was Buster, right? You know, Buster Brooks, a Brit, and he's a brute. And he, he, would, he would just yell at everybody. And quite an angry guy, to be honest. Like his halftime talks were not encouraging. He would just yell at everyone. And you, and you, you all suck, you know. Get out and win. <laughs> it's really encouraging. Thanks, boss. And anyway, anyway. I, I was actually in a prayer meeting with Mitch McDonough. 
And I, I felt like this random thing to pray for my soccer coach. I, I just felt, and so I said, Mitch, can you help me? And we prayed together, and we agreed for my soccer coach. And then um, later that day, I realized when I got home, it's his birthday. And I, I felt this thing on the inside of me pulling me to call him. And I was like, no, you know, it's really awkward. He'll just yell at me. <laughs> so I called him. And it was not a good phone call. It was not one of these like, yeah, nailed it phone calls. It was terrible. And I called him. I said, hey, Buster, how are you? He said, yeah, pretty good. I don't even know what accent it was. But anyway, he, he said, pretty good. I said, that's awesome. I said, happy birthday. And he said, yeah, thanks. I said, awesome. Did you have a good day? He's like, yeah, good day. I was like, awesome. And I could feel the thing pulling on the inside of me to invite him to a thing called Alpha. And so I um, hung up and ended the call. Seconds later, I feel like the Holy Spirit pulling me, saying, hey, yeah, 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 yo, 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 yo. Call him back. And I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, no. Leave me alone. <laughs> and I, I, I called him back. And I was like, hey, how are you? He's like, yeah, good. <laughs> what have you been doing the last two minutes? <laughs> yeah, not much. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, you know, I was, I was thinking, uh, you know, just thinking. Um, I, was, I was thinking that maybe you might like to come to this thing called Alpha. He's like, yeah, what is it? <laughs> I said, well, you know, it's just thing we learn about who Jesus is. And, you know, I was, just, I was thinking that maybe you might kind of, maybe, maybe kind of, maybe, kind of, maybe consider coming along. He's like, yeah, all right. I said, what? <laughs> Sorry, sorry, what? Yeah, all right. Oh, oh, okay, good. Great. Yeah, I knew you would come. <laughs> I knew you'd say yes. Nailed it. And, and, and he said, yeah, I'll come. And so he came along. He came for two weeks. And we, we were learning about who Jesus is. And then on the second week, he turns to me. And, he, and he's so curious. He says, you know what? Take me to your church. Two weeks of this is good. Take me to your church. Just like this Ethiopian man was ready. And I don't, I don't know who is in your world that might be more ready than you think. Might be ready for you to reach them. Might be ready for you to pray for them. They might be more ready than you could ever even realize. I didn't realize how ready he was. He said, take me to church. Take me to church. And so I, I took him to church. We came to church. And he sat in the third row. And as we sat there and Pastorville preached, by the end of the message, Pastorville said, hey, you want to give your life to Jesus? Come down the front. He stood up. I was like, whoa, whoa, settle down. <laughs> Put your hand up first before you... <laughs> he just stood up. Pastorville's like, whoa. <laughs> and he literally ran to the front. I'm, I'm like holding on to his, slow down come down the front and he's on, his, he's like this, God, and, and, and it was the most beautiful thing because he didn't know all the words, he's, you know, like swearing on the way, you know, he's, he's, but, but he gave his life to Jesus, he brought his children to church, 
I just wonder, what's that little pull? And sometimes we miss the pull of God because we're constantly responding to the pressure of people. But if we could quiet down the pressure of people, we might have enough headspace and heart space to respond to the pull of God. I don't want you to live pressured. I don't want you to live like a life where I'm feeling, you're feeling pressured all the time. But I want you to live a life where you feel the pull of God and He's pulling you into purpose. He's pulling you in. So we, we don't need to be stuck in pressure, worried about what people think. You don't need to. In fact, Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. We live in a world where everybody is looking at us. You just, you've got Instagram and people can see your life and there's pressure to be perfect. There's pressure to perform. But I wonder if God's not in that pressure. We wanna reach the world. We wanna bring hope to people. But it's not through pressure. It's through hearing. Who is God drawing me near to? And it could be one person. Do you realize that this one man, this one guy brought revival to Africa. He brought the gospel. He took it back with him and started a revival in that nation and the surrounding nations because God drew Philip to this one man. Who's the one? Come on, who's the one person God's calling you to? Who is that one that God wants me to draw near to? And, and God, wants to, God wants to get you in a place where He's using you all the time, you know? And when you're being used all the time, you know what, it, it's, like, it's like food for your soul. Oh man, it, it's, it's like food for your soul. I wonder what, what things have you been eating? that keep leaving you empty. I wonder what things have you been looking to that keep you in a hungry cycle? One that keeps keeping you in this cycle where you eat it, but you're never satisfied. There is something about purpose that feeds your soul. There is something about discovering God's purpose for your life. One time in, in John, Chapter 4, 27, beautiful scripture. It says this, meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, they're talking to Jesus, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. This is so good. Then the disciples said to each other, did you feed him? <laughs> Who gave him food? They said, could someone have brought him food? And he looked at them, no, you dummies. <laughs> My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. Man, you can come and join me. You, you, when you discover purpose, it becomes food for your soul. Jesus wasn't on a paleo diet. He wasn't on a keto diet. He was on a purpose diet. And, and that purpose diet 
was this hidden source of energy and fuel. He knew that in everything he was doing, there was purpose. And this is why when you do what you do with purpose, suddenly it has new meaning. But if we're stuck in just doing things, if I'm stuck in the cycle of just going to work every day and I don't realize that there's a greater purpose in it, I'll get stuck in the cycle of just going to work every day. But maybe in going to work every day, God has a purpose. He wants to use you in the life of people around you. So do not worry about the pressure. Focus on purpose. I'm praying that you would see purpose in everything, in your family. Don't get stuck in the cycle of just doing family. Discover the purpose that God has for this season in your life. Maybe you've got little children. Maybe you've got older kids. There's challenges at every level. Maybe you don't have children. Maybe you're married. That's challenging. Maybe you're not. Challenging too. There's challenge everywhere. But there is purpose in every season. And God has purpose for you right now, where you are. Whatever's been is over. God has purpose now.